welcome to Misunderstood, a podcast dedicated to better understanding MS and learning to live well with MS. I'm your host, Katie Sloan. Our usual reminders as we begin. First, I am not an expert. I'm just a person like you living with MS and trying to make the best of it. Misunderstood is based on my personal experience, what I've learned from my doctors, other care providers, and my own solutions-oriented research and pattern-finding obsession. While the majority of the information I share has been vetted by doctors, I am not a doctor. My intention is that you use the information shared here as a springboard for discussion between you and your doctor regarding your future care options. And lastly, MS impacts each of us uniquely. I hope to shine a light on a wide range of approaches and strategies for living better with MS. But what you choose to do with that information is always your choice, and what works for one may not work for all. In our previous episode, we talked with health coach Jenny Peterson, creator of the Mind Body Rewire program and the Simplify Your Healing podcast. This week, we're joined by another incredible healing practitioner, Claire Hayes, author of Everyday Happiness, EFT Tapping for Self-Transformation That Really Works. Claire practices EFT, which stands for Emotional Freedom Technique, or more affectionately referred to by most as tapping. This therapy is simple enough that we can learn to do it ourselves, and yet it's extremely powerful. I'll leave the details for Claire to share, but what I'll tell you now is that you're in for a real treat, so stay tuned. A while back, I read somewhere a quote that has stuck with me. Some people live so loudly that it's impossible not to think of them every day. So before we get into today's topic, my gratitude this week is for my grandmother, Lorraine. My grandma was born April 12, 1913 in Redwood City, California, and I was incredibly fortunate to call her a best friend and guiding light for 39 years before her passing at age 99 in 2012. My grandma Lorraine lived loudly, in all the best of ways, and I do think about her every day. She was a fierce leader, a trendsetter, a true friend, a rule breaker. She spoke her mind, was physically active for the majority of her life, gave the best hugs, and taught me much about unconditional love. She was also not afraid to communicate how proud she was of me when I accomplished something. She was heavily involved in her church community, and she could swear like a sailor. She could also burp like a sailor, and then always followed it with an enthusiastic, better out than in, don't pay rent. She drove a school bus, had a vivid imagination, and was a magical chef. There's very little I wouldn't do to be able to eat her Italian pan-fried chicken again. She had a good thing going with olive oil and used it liberally in her cooking. She worked at a cafeteria cooking for college students. She made the best homemade Italian seasoning from her garden. She could sing harmonies so sweetly. In fact, that's how I learned to sing harmonies, through listening to her and singing with her. She taught me how to make rustic apricot jam, a recipe I still use each year, although I use a stove. 
She cooked it outside in the sun, under panes of glass, for days. She loved her Sierra Nevada Brewing Company and Chico State sweatshirts, and wore them often to share her support of things I loved. She loved hearing about my students, and later the teachers I trained and coached. She was an intent listener and always gave good advice. She made homemade brandy Manhattans that she would pour into plastic water bottles and affectionately distribute to those she loved. She even sent them to me in care packages while I was away at college. Her homemade labels, rich with excessive quotation marks around the important words, were so charming. I can still see clearly in my mind the sparkle in her eyes and cute grin as she sheepishly, yet with tremendous pride, would hand the bottles to the priest after mass. They would quickly tuck them into their cloaks with gratitude. My grandma taught me how to pan for gold, which birthed my deep love and appreciation for the land and history of California. My grandma also loved her cream sherry, and toward the end of her life when she could no longer drink it, I made her her favorite cream sherry wine cake so she could still enjoy it in some capacity. The last day we saw each other, we spent time in the rose garden together. I will always cherish those memories. Last weekend, I had the opportunity to commemorate her birthday with a visit to her ranch in the Sierra foothills for a few days, so I'm feeling particularly close to her right now. While she physically no longer walks beside me, she still remains a constant guide and comfort in my life. It was special to be there on her birthday and to revisit our old favorite fishing spots especially remembering the hot day we were fishing in the boat and we ripped off our shirts and fished together in our bras. When I was little, we'd play bakery and admire all the pastry-shaped cow flops along the trails. My grandma Lorraine definitely lived loudly, and I still to this day have much to learn from her about that. Big cowboy boots to fill, so to speak. I've spent a lot of time this week reflecting on her life and her passing and on life and death in general, and there's several reflections I believe are worth sharing within this gratitude. First, I spent some time rereading and reflecting upon one of my favorite children's books, The Fall of Freddie the Leaf, a story of life for all ages by Leo Buscaglia. The Amazon listing describes it best as an endearing classic that has helped thousands of children and adults come to grips with life and death. A warm, wonderfully wise, and strikingly simple story about a leaf named Freddy. The story follows Freddy and his leaf companions as their leaves change with the passing seasons and with the coming of winter as they finally let go and fall softly to the snow on the ground. Like leaves, every living thing has its time to be as it is, and then changes form into something else. Second, as a student of science, I take comfort in knowing that energy cannot be created nor destroyed. Thanks, Albert Einstein. It can only change form. So this is how I prefer to think of my grandmother now. She still very much exists and guides me, and I've been spending time these past few months to create a special place on my patio 
to sit for my meditations and feel her life force energy and guidance. Merriam-Webster defines a totem as an object, such as an animal or plant, serving as the emblem of a family or clan, and often as a reminder of its ancestry. While this term is derived from the North American Ojibwa language, current belief of totems has expanded beyond the indigenous peoples of the Americas and is now common to a number of cultures around the world. And in the popular game of Minecraft, you can find and gather a totem of undying. While in the game, this totem restores one health point and gives the player regeneration and absorption skills, in real life, I like to think of a totem of undying as something I can see that represents something I cannot see, which helps me to keep it alive. When I weave this thinking with the thoughts from Fear the Walking Dead, where the character Alicia paints uplifting reminders on trees like, no one's gone until they're gone, and you're still here. A slightly different version has emerged for me in my life. They're not gone until you're gone. So if I'm still here and keeping the memory of my grandmother very much alive, I am keeping her and her spirit alive. I will continue to feel her closeness and benefit from her guidance. And therefore, she is not really gone, just here with me in a very different form. And finally, in the recent Marvel series, WandaVision, the character Vision says, what is grief if not love persevering? This powerful statement has helped me to better process the loss of my grandmother and also of my sweet golden retriever, Ivy, whom we said goodbye to last summer. I like to think of them hanging out together. Do I feel grief at times still? Yes. Definitely, yes. And yet Vision's quote has helped me immensely to focus on the love persevering part. Listeners know I love my backyard. And right now I'm almost finished creating a contemplative place on my patio, complete with totems that speak to me in my grandmother's language. I have a wise owl carved out of stone that helps me channel her wisdom, watchfulness, and fearlessness. I have her wrought iron plant stands that she made in her high school metal shop in the early 1930s. They are holding flowering ferns that remind me of the peaceful sanctuary of her backyard in my childhood. And I'm planning to plant blackberries this year like she had too. We use her Fostoria glassware for our cocktails when we sit outside. These totems and more honor my grandmother and our relationship what was, what currently is, and what will be one day when we are reunited in a different way. Memories and totems are great ways to honor and immortalize those we love and who live on in our hearts. As fellow geologist Rossiter Raymond said, whoever you hold in the heart of you is forever and always a part of you. I am grateful for my grandmother every day and extra grateful that she lived so loudly that I can still so easily hear her. I hope that you have someone in your life who came to mind for you while listening to me share about my Grandma Lorraine. 
Are there ways you could similarly honor that person and also channel their brilliance, comfort, or their other gifts so that they remain more alive in your life? Are there totems you could use to better hear their wisdom and guidance? And if they live so loudly that it's impossible to not think of them every day, are there ways you could honor them by living more loudly too? Without further ado, I'd like to introduce a treasure of a human who has helped me and continues to help me on my quest to live well with MS, the incredible Claire Hayes, author of Everyday Happiness, EFT, Tapping for Self-Transformation That Really Works. Take a listen in on our conversation. All right. Well, I'm joined today by a lovely human, Claire, who's going to talk with us about EFT. Thank you, Claire, for being here with us. I'm so happy to be with you, Katie. Thank you so much for asking me. I can't wait to share uh, about what you do. And let's dive right in. Um, let's talk a little bit about EFT. What is it? Well, EFT the, the letters EFT stand for Emotional Freedom Techniques, but that's, it, those, that's almost like just EFT. So we could say it's a way of healing, it's a way of working with trauma, it's a way of getting clear about the future, it's a way of pain relief. It's one of those methodologies, of which there are many, EFT tapping, we commonly call it tapping, is only one of them, which can really help with life, with managing life, whether it's physical symptoms, emotional trauma um, management, which makes it a little bit possibly sound like, oh yes, one, you know, like trying to do a catch-all, but it's actually very specific. So it, it, Shall I talk a little bit about the history of tapping? That would be yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. So it's really, um, it came, it was only from the 90s, founded by Gary Craig, who, who had trained in thought field therapy. And he really used some of his knowledge of Western psychology, but also West um, Chinese acupuncture and meridians. So it's part of energy psychology. It's part of, sort of energy healing modalities that are quite broad at the moment. There are quite a few of them. What I like about EFT is that it's very simple, not necessarily easy. It's very simple. It's founded in good science. It's founded in good practice. But most of all, it can be applicable both by the individual, you or me or anyone else in their everyday lives, but also in working with a practitioner to work through the deeper issues like you would with a traditional um, psychotherapist. Because it works with the body's energy field through tapping on the meridians, which are, as I'm sure your listeners know, are the energy lines, patterns in the body relating to the sort of Chinese medicine point of view of working with the organs, 
like lung, liver, so forth. And these points are all over the body. I trained in shiatsu as well. I've done an exam on 300 points. I know these points. And you think, well, how can tapping on a few of the points actually help? But what we actually do in EFT is we start with an issue. We could call it an issue, a problem, something that somebody wants to work on. Could be anything. And then instead of like an acupuncturist would go with their modality to particular points for particular issues. What we do is tap on 14 main points in the same pattern over and over. So it's a bit like a catch-all. So those meridian point, those um, points, which are mainly on the face and the body and the tips of the fingers, merely because those are the points that are easy to get to. We could equally be tapping on the feet. Who's going to sit there tapping on their feet when you can tap on your hands? Um, so they're relating to heart, stomach, liver. and You don't need to know any of this when you do tapping. And then what you're doing is you're bringing your issue to mind and you ask yourself certain questions. We measure. We measure the feeling. We measure how you're going along. So there's a kind of tracking mechanism. So you could be tapping just for one minute for like a quick owie, or you with a child, you know, oh, my teddy just fell over or something like that. And you can do our 90 minute sessions on working, you know, through something traumatic like a rape or a difficult childhood, which let's face it, you know, we all have our patterns in adult life based on childhood issues. So it's a very flexible modality it's a very user-friendly modality and it helps people like I said Katie you can use it for a variety of issues you can use it to help with physical symptoms so and of course with any physical symptom you're always going to be doing that in conjunction with going to see your medical practitioner so we're not saying it's instead of your medical practitioner, but it can ease symptoms. If there is a mind-body facet to a physical symptom, which often there is, I, I avoid words like always, but often there is, we can tap on that. When I say tap on that, work through it, through this modality of tapping on these, literally tapping with our fingertips at the same time as voicing the issues and working through. I think we're going to do a little demonstration later. So rather than talk about it now, I'll just say we're talking and tapping at the same time and it works. Um, we, for those sorts of symptoms, it might also be what's very good with tapping is that we can use it to look and work with our relationship with what's going on. So for example, coming back to physical symptoms, because I know the kind of some of the field you're in, that's going to be frustration. There's probably going to be maybe sense of failure, a sense of hopelessness. I mean, I'm just guessing here. And for, for any of us, um, a sense of fear um, or hope. But it's about our emotional relationship to what is going on. So that's one aspect. And some, it's not, some practitioners certainly specialize in, in working with people with illness or with physical, um, you know, working on allergies, that sort of thing. That's not been my area of speciality. It can be very, very useful in working with medical conditions, which the traditional medical environment finds it harder to deal with. 
particularly those where there's an emotional or mental um, aspect to it. So things like phobia, well, phobia might well not be something you medical, but definitely allergies, um, things like that. There's also, um, you can, t EFT is very, very useful for looking at how past trauma has impacted your present day life. So typically a client will come to me or to another practitioner with an issue. It might be a relationship issue. It might be a work issue. It could be even time management actually. <laughs> but it's like, what is your relationship to that issue? And usually there's going to be some patterns of, of um, belief that inform the way we all live our lives. It's our lens through which we live our lives. Typically, there are going to be issues around safety, around lovability, um, and these will play into how we are experiencing our lives. So I tend to work a lot with people who, people seem to come to me who've had um, maybe some abuse issues or some, um, Och, you know, <laughs> I live in Scotland, so even though I'm English, <laughs> the och comes out there. Um, that's even too specific a thing to say, but issues with parents, perhaps with teachers, with the trauma, trauma, not necessarily a physical trauma, like falling in front of a car, but the emotional or mental trauma of the teacher never listening to you when you put up your hand you, or any could be anything and typically of course then we make up a story of what that means about life that I'm not good enough or no one ever loves me or relationships aren't safe the, the whole gamut so that that's an area we can work with with tapping with also you can use it to really help with the future like, what are the plans? What are the visions? Where do I want to go? And again, what's in the way? What are the, we call them limiting beliefs, like other modalities. What are the limiting beliefs? I can't do that because. Typically, that will then relate to the past. And so when it was originated, Gary Craig was very much using it, as it were, to kind of fix things, to heal things. But increasingly, people are using it as a tool to help shape the future. It's all part of the same work, but I find that very exciting. What's in that the way? That's it is. So I said, once I started, I wouldn't stop. <laughs> That's, no, I really appreciate that helpful and thorough overview because I think even as someone in full disclosure to listeners who has worked with you as a client, um, we have worked on a lot of the things you mentioned, but I, I think you just blew my mind with just the expansiveness of um, this therapy. So thank you for that. You're, you're very welcome. And there's been a lot of research done on how it works and why it works. And the jury is out, but that's definitely, we are working. One of the things which definitely, because they've measured it, is happening, is that we're, as it were, calming the nervous system. Because as you know, when we experience any kind of shock or trauma, then the amygdala goes into that sort of, you know, the freeze, the flight, the fright response, and then that gets stuck as a neural pathway. So then we get triggered again. And as we tap, and I'm actually going to be tapping as I'm talking to you, if your listeners could see us, um, they've done research to find that as we tap, it's actually, um, it's like 
it deactivates the that response in the amygdala and so calming the words i use are calming the nervous system soothing the nervous system so that it deactivates those signals to the amygdala and that's incredibly important because it means that you can if you think about it we get triggered and i'm sure your listeners know what you mean by that it's like something happens like i i had a Oh, no, that's not really a good example. We all know what it means. You get triggered. You're, oh, I know. I've got a good one I can share with you. Uh, my special needs daughter last week, I, I, um, she lives away from home in a, in a care institution, and she had to have a COVID test because her carer had COVID, had a positive COVID test. As you can imagine, I was really upset. And I also... The point I'm getting to is that I'm in a new relationship. It's very loving. It's very lovely. And I shared this with my new partner and I didn't get the response I wanted. You know, he didn't jump in his car and come over and, and, I, and I had to tap. But I made up all these stories. He doesn't love me. He doesn't care. He only likes me for what he can get out of me and on and on. And at the same time, I was aware that I was making these stories up. The fact is... I didn't know what the truth was. And we talked about it afterwards. I did my tapping just to clear that. I often use the language of clearing. So, because I know those were stories I made up in my mind, but they were emotional responses because I wanted to be looked after. My daughter's in danger. But I'd written very cryptic messages. You know? <laughs> I hadn't given him a lot of help. <laughs> I wanted to test him to see if he was really supportive. And of course, when I did talk to him about it, I'd gone through my emotional, um, I mean, I was, I have to say, I, I wasn't completely calm when I did speak to him when we had to talk it through. But the only truth in all of that was he does care about me. You know, that's what it, the rest of it, it was completely, he hadn't realized, you know, the enormity of what it was. You know, there were various things. It, it, it wasn't that he didn't care. And that was actually the important thing. So that's an example of that in what I could see when I experienced that, why isn't he jumping in the car and he doesn't love me? It's not that I'm being ignored, it, however much I'm suffering. or And that goes way back, you know, that goes way back. Now, I didn't need to tap on the way back because I've done enough work to know that I was, in my language, making up stories. Mm -hmm. But that's what we all do. We've got this constant mind talk, this constant mind chatter. But I thought, hmm. He doesn't love me just because he's not getting in the car. <laughs> just because I've just said, you know, Katie's having a COVID test today. It's like I maybe hadn't given him quite enough of a chance. To <laughs> so, and that happens in my experience. We, we're all living every day with response and reaction to our surroundings. So that was just, a, just that was just a little example. Yeah, thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing that because these things, as you, as you said, pop up in our lives constantly and having a full toolbox of things that we can do, um, I think is, is so valuable. And it is, I think it's important for everyone. And I think it's especially important for people who have a neurologic disorder where their central nervous system is more um, intense and, and kind of overreact. Oh, um, oh my so, goodness. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And the, um, 
I've sort of, sort of my mind is like choosing between two or three things to say there. The it's for me, it's all about relationship to an issue, whether that issue is nerve endings in your body, a feeling. It's about how are we, how are you, how am I, how is the listener, dear listener, how are we in relationship to it? Because it's all about relationship. If my shoulder's hurting, how am I in relationship to my shoulder? Am I angry with my shoulder? Am I angry with my neurological condition? Um, that's there's nothing wrong with anger. I mean, that's it. It's just like being curious, getting the information. Otherwise, sometimes we can it can be easy to live as if everything is a truth. When I believe that there are very few truths, but a lot of lenses through which we look. I do believe in truths. I believe in love and goodness and that sort of thing. But ultimately, you know, nobody loves me. It's not a truth. It's a belief. And actually this, um, this is relevant because when I, before I knew about EFT, I was a shiatsu practitioner before that. I'd worked many years in dance. So I had a sort of rich history of working with the body, working with um, expression, working with creativity and working with healing. And I heard about tapping and I thought that sounded really silly. How can you just have a little talk, tapping on a few points when I know how to work with 300 points? I thought it sounded quite frankly, a bit woo and a bit, um, you know, like, some, well, this is my beliefs here, but some things can be a little lightweight, you know, or do this and your life will be cured. No, not, not often. But I, I did go to a practitioner locally because there was someone I really, um, really respected. And I was actually working on wanting to lose weight. That's another great topic that's very handy because, you you know, you're looking at the psychology of it all. About 30 minutes into the session, Katie, I'm like, I'm in. I love this stuff because it's very creative, simple technique, which we'll talk, we'll demonstrate in a moment. And then I decided to train in it. But one of the things that I loved was that my daughter with special needs, she has autism and in English, we say learning difficulties. Um, so sort of intellectual, I don't know the words you use, but it means that her brain isn't wired the same and she finds many things like one and one is beyond her. You know, that's just never going to happen in her life. <laughs> Having a second helping of, you know, dessert, that's a re... <laughs> anyway, but she did go through a very, very troubling time in her teenage years. And tapping really helped for both of us because tapping could be, you know, especially when people are young, they're energy systems are wide open and they're, you know, tapping with kids or tapping on, with their, on their cuddly toys late at night. It's like, I'm diverging a bit, but I tell you, if any of you have got kids, it's like tapping for kids, look it up. It's brilliant because you can work with a cuddly toy, teddy bear, like, and you know, it's like, what happened to Teddy today? Didn't school go right? And things, you know, and you just have a little clearing, but I found that working with my daughter with autism, she doesn't tap the points correctly. You know, she's all like correctly, you know, like where we teach specific points, like, you know, the crown of the head. She just taps at random, but it still works. It calms her and helps her. So that really, that really helped me as I was moving into learning about tapping, was seeing how wild, widely 
I could, um, it was applicable to, to different conditions. And it's very, very exciting. That's great. I really appreciate you sharing your personal journey to this work. Um, you know, there's often these really powerful guiding navigational beacons in our lives that that push and pull us in, in different directions. And I am so grateful that you've found your way to this work and that it's helped you and your daughter and you get to continue helping so many people and yourself, it sounds like. And I just think it's so funny. And I always say how, you know, I spent really two or three years thinking this just sounds like rubbish. <laughs> So it's like, full disclosure, me being arrogant. <laughs> now, of course, it might have been. It just turns out not to be. And I think one of the things that tapping can do is that I've certainly learned over the years is I, did you use the word beacon there? Yeah. I did. Yeah. It can help. And I was talking before about relationships. So it can help clear away some of the noise some of the emotional noise so that you start to notice. And I've, I actually use the word clues. You notice the clues, the way that I would say it, that life is offering you as an opportunity, whether that's a trigger, whether that's, um, you know, like I kept hearing about this EFT and kept rejecting it. And now, tapping for I've been doing it about 15 years now it's really helped hone my sensitivity to picking up I suppose you might call the intuitive nudges or I mean I I have a very the the, um, the analogy I like to use to bring it back down to earth is that you know in a kitchen you get you know you're cutting bread or something you get breadcrumbs on the surface you get stuff on the surface you're cooking you get onion leaves and so forth, you're going to wipe them up. Yeah, that's, well, I hope you are. <laughs> that's like to, I will. Most people wipe their kitchen tops, right? And that would be like clearing some everyday stuff. But you notice them, there's a reaction, in res there's a response to oneself that needs clearing up and you do something about it. It's not rocket science, but it's the same with our mental health, I think, or our emotional health. I prefer to think of heart set rather than mindset that the equivalent to the crumbs on the countertop are not wanting to open an email or um, procrastination, uh, distraction, eating social media, not eating social media, what I mean, eating, drinking, smoking, the things that we distract ourselves with, or um, it could be noticing something. I'm just looking around my room as I'm talking it could be, um, for example, if you even notice you're wearing the same clothes every day or the same type of clothes, nothing wrong with that. EFT doesn't come with a how you should live your life manual. It doesn't have a, um, doesn't have a moral, doesn't come with um, a set of rules or an assumption about what life is like, although it does naturally tend to the, the good and the loving and the the positive things but so it might be that someone chooses to wear the same sorts of clothes every day because that's how they're completely comfortable and it's their choice but it could be that they wear those same clothes every day because they don't feel that they're worth having new clothes or they don't that color would be make them too visible 
or that, I mean, it could be anything. And the reason I just mentioned that is that today I put something on new that I haven't worn for a while because it's spring weather and I realized how good it made me feel, but I hadn't noticed how I was in my kind of winter clothes. So that's a very simple example of what I call how the clues, the countertops, crumbs are there all the time. Now, in a kitchen, very occasionally, if your kitchen is lucky, we will pull the refrigerator away from the wall and clean behind it or the cooker, right? Or if you move house, you know what that's like. Yeah. It's usually disgusting and it's a mess and it's greasy and the, you know, we won't go into it. We don't do that every day. You know, we don't do the deeper cleaning every day, but it still needs cleaning. And that, I, I liken that more to, well, obviously we don't, we want to work on our kind of more, our deeper issues more than once a year or whatever. But it's the analogy of um, when, we, when we have this habit of seeing things as opportunities for learning and for transformation, then the deep cleaning is like, well, what happened in my childhood? You know, when, when I'm working on the, um, the, the, the clue or the trigger in my everyday life, how does that relate to, well, some of the crumbs got behind the fridge. So they're both part of the same cleansing, the same clearing. I like to think of, and this is relevant because with tapping, you're not, you're not, you're starting with what is true for you, what is going on for you. And I, I believe that it's like a hologram. So whether you're working on the micro or the macro, you're essentially working at the same thing. So if you're working on, why am I wearing dreary clothes every day? Oh, it's because I'm not lovable. That's not your first thought. Your first thought is, well, it's easier or <laughs> whatever. But it might be, oh, you know what? It's This would be nice to, you know, present myself or feel better about myself. And I, I hope that makes sense. I always work with where we are in the present day. That's beautiful. Yeah, you know, and I think the mind-body connection is something we've explored a lot uh, in the MS community that I'm a part of. Um, and there are some real strong linkages between some of the things you've talked about, about not feeling good enough or feeling powerless or stuck. And I think that's why this therapy has been so helpful for me. Um, and I'm wondering if you can just share a little bit more about what your sessions might look like with a client who wants to kind of work through some of those feelings. Absolutely. Well, Typically, as with working with anyone, you have a little chat and get to know each other. But then I ask, well, there's two ways. There's really, there could be two ways in. One is someone wants help with a specific issue that is bothering them. It could also be that they want to achieve something and want to help clearing what's in the way of them achieving something. So either way, we're going to start with, well, how do you feel? Typical therapy questions, really, Katie. How do you feel about it? Also, we begin to look at the thoughts, the thoughts about that thing. And people may start with physical sensations. So my approach is not to, suppose, not to give isms, 
or um, I can't even remember the words, but you know, like, well, by the way, labels can be very useful sometimes. I'm not against labels, but in my approach, because um, it certainly helped with my daughter once we got, once we knew about autism, it's like it opened up a whole, so I'm not against labels, but in this work, I would start with what do you want to achieve and what's bothering you? And then I ask a series of questions. I introduce tapping. If they haven't done it before, we'll typically be on a Zoom with videos so I can show them the points. Of course, you can, I would also send them the points in PDF form or something like that. But the, the, the points are very easy to learn, Katie. I explain how it works. We start with tapping with the issue on the side of the hand, and then we go through the points. And they, I use their words to help direct the session keep asking questions. Typically, we go then through layers of understanding and meaning. And I don't necessarily work with memories or go back in time, but sometimes we do that. I use a technique called matrix reimprinting where we are literally, we're reshaping the memory. The memory, the thing happens. It's not about pretending something didn't happen, but changing one's real felt experience of how that um, of how that happens. So the 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 child, they kind of take, we give them the power. I, I can't, it would sound trite to say too much more in this form. So we might go deeply into that. We might work more going into the body and into the cells um, and asking what's going on there. And then we usually have a section of the call which is quite deep. Um, maybe half an hour, three quarters of an hour, it really depends where we're really doing the transformative work. It's a sacred work. It's a powerful work. And we're dropping into sort of different levels of the subconscious. And then towards the end of the session, once we've done the transformation work, well, how does that relate to the issue in your everyday life? So then there'll be, if you like, a, a little coaching time where we work out some homework together. There may be an affirmation, there may be, well, for example, if it was about changing a behavior, you know, how about three days out of five, you manage to do this or you try to do this. And because we're not working with willpower, we're working with actual change of, um, well, a change of feeling, relationship to the issue. Um, you know, sort of typical coaching things. So then, then we'll wrap up. So we, it's almost like we sort of start at the edge, we go, we dive deep, and then we come out again for air and into the real world. So that's, that's a typical session. That sounds great. And I think you and I today are going to spend a few moments doing a mini, mini session um, to kind of show listeners how you might help someone through something that they're really wanting to improve. And uh, boy, I have a great example for you today if you <laughs> are, are ready to help me. Um, well, I'm going to shut my eyes because Casey, as you know, once I start doing the tapping bit, also to tell your listeners that what I've just described would be like a full session. Katie, you and I are going to demonstrate in a few minutes how the technique works. Great. Thank That's you. That. Yeah. So far away. Yeah. So Katie, what's happened to you? How can I help you? This morning, I received some feedback about my work um, that uh, really hurt. 
And uh, which is interesting because, you know, as a former teacher coach, um, my, my life revolved around giving and receiving feedback. And so it's something that um, usually doesn't cause me much angst. But this morning, you know, it, I'm ruminating, um, just kind of making the problem maybe bigger than it is and just kind of interested in hearing your thoughts and- um, Oh, that was interesting. That. Did you hear what you just said that? You, you did a real kind of self-judgment there you know, making, I'm maybe I'm making the problem bigger than it is. But the fact is, and the word that I really picked up on was hurt. Yes. So one of the things which I really haven't talked about so far today is measuring on a scale of zero to 10. So this would be an example. So right now, and we normally spend, by the way, a few minutes really getting grounded and settling in our chairs, feeling the earth and so forth. So Perhaps, Katie, you could just take a moment and any listener, you can do this along with us. Just take one moment, shutting your eyes, sitting if it's comfortable for you with an upright spine and just settling your focus, your attention and your intention into the body. Just connecting with your breath in your own rhythm Beautiful sense of new oxygen, new possibilities with the in-breath and then a rest on the out-breath. Feeling the support of the earth beneath you, holding you, supporting you, nourishing you, being there for you. And again, if it's comfortable for you, you can just hold up your arms to the sky. You can do this in your mind, by the way, dear listener. <laughs> but also just becoming aware of the ethers, the sky above you, infinite possibility. And just coming back to the body again. So with this, what I call presence exercise, we just settle away from the everyday fritter, fritter, fritter and flitter, flitter, flitter of our thoughts. Bring our focus down to the body. So when you think of this trigger that happened to you today, Katie, and you said you were hurt, on a scale of zero to 10, what's the level of hurt where 10 is the worst? It was an eight. Yeah. So just feeling that we don't need to relive the feeling by the way it's almost like being aware of the feeling what are some of the things your mind can you catch that your mind told you if this person wrote that then oh there were so many feelings um i mean i mentioned being hurt uh i felt very judged um I felt like um, unfair um, assumptions were made yeah. about my character. And, um, and if yeah. someone has unfair assumptions about your character, judging you unfairly, what, that, what might that mean about you putting things out in the world? Well, it made me question 
you know, um, I am typically quite comfortable being vulnerable and open. Uh, I'm willing to take the harder path, especially if it can help someone else. And it just, um, oh, it just, it, it made me want to curl up in my shell and retreat from the world. And that is definitely not in alignment of, with how I am trying to live my life, um, being bold and true and helping others and putting positivity and love and healing out into the world. And so it, it was unexpected and just whew, blew me over. Yeah. So as Katie's speaking, I'm writing notes. So this is typically what I do in a session so I can use some of her words. So what we're going to do is we're going to tap on the outside of the outside edge of one of our hands between the base of the little finger. I won't describe all the points, but I'll just say that's what we're doing. The listener, if you haven't done tapping before. And please say after me, Katie, even though I was hurt. Even though I was hurt. I love and accept myself. I love and accept myself. Even though I felt misunderstood. Even though I felt misunderstood. And judged unfairly. And judged unfairly. I love and accept myself. I love and accept myself. Even though I'm in shock. Even though I'm in shock. It was unexpected. It was unexpected. <laughs> I'm used to dealing with stuff. I'm used to dealing with stuff. This one really got to me. This one really got to me. I deeply and completely. I deeply and completely. Love and accept myself. Love and accept myself. Okay, and then we're going to do what we tap on, what we call the, uh, the points in the round. So I'll just say them out because that's what I would do in a session. So crown of the head. Wanted to curl up in my shell. Wanted to curl up in my shell. Eyebrow point, wanted to retreat. Wanted to retreat. Side of the eye, too much. Too much. Under the eye, unexpected. Unexpected. Under the nose, not fair. Not fair. Yeah, chin. Not okay. Not okay. Sternum point. I'm just going to go into my yeah. own... Um, uh, I'm going off of Katie's words now. Yeah. Not safe for me to do my work. Not safe for me to do my work. Under the arm. However much I try, someone will hate me. No matter how much I try, someone will hate me. Liverpool. And I've done so much work on helping other people. And I've done so much work on helping other people. Crown of the head. They should be nice to me. They should be nice to me. <laughs> Eyebrow points. Not fair. Not fair. It's on our side of the eye, judged. Judged. Under the eye, hurt. Hurt. Unless I'm a good person. I am a good person. Shin, can't they see that? Can't they see that? Stunner. Not fair. Not fair. Okay, so just put one hand on your heart, one hand on your belly, please. We won't go deeply into this, but have there been any times in your life where you have felt been you have felt you have been judged unfairly that however hard you try, you're not good enough? 
Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> now, the reason we're both laughing is because it's not a, it's not a laughing matter in itself, but it's actually that laughter of realization that, well, I think it's, it, it frees one from being a victim. So I just, in case I, I, sometimes one laughs, it's not funny, but it's like, it's how life is. Yeah, my laughter, I think, really stemmed from just like, oh, here I am again. Here you are again. Exactly. And once you start saying, oh, it's it's my not good enough drama, Carmen, you know, it's like I have I have one. It's like in my mind, it's like I'm stupid. It's like, oh, no, really? Haven't I dealt with that one yet? (laughs) But but over time, stupid, I'm not good enough visits less with less um, impact in your life. So you know that this is an old pattern, sweetheart, right? Mm -hmm. About being judged and everything. So if we were in a longer session, we would perhaps go back to a memory of Katie feeling judged and not good enough. Um, Do you want to share anything about that? Or is that enough, Katie? We're not going to do the work now. You just know that you have some memories where that has happened to you. I think even just feeling that um, recurring circle and noticing it for what it is exactly. and, yeah. and that we've, we've worked on that before and we will continue to work on that. And um, just kind of just re- actually in and of itself, just released a tremendous amount of pressure. <laughs> this is not a new mountain, right? <laughs> and um, the reason I'm laughing, actually, this is a great example, because remember I was talking about the hologram and the micro and the macro. So this trigger that happened to you today, someone saying something unkind, it sounds like I didn't see it on social media, which probably has happened to most people. So it's a great example, thank you. Actually is to do with an old pattern of not feeling good enough of however hard you try and all of that stuff. So coming back to that original question, we've only done a round and a half of tapping mind you so far. On a scale of naught to 10, how hurt do you feel now? You know, honestly, it's a four because I think I realized that it's the things that they wrote were more of a reflection of them because they hadn't even taken the time to look at what I had done. It was just a knee jerk reaction. Um, And so, you know, being able to kind of look at it sensibly and see that yeah which you can do in your mind but often we all know willpower and telling ourselves the way it's happened doesn't always work so I'm not going to leave you with a four that's not professionally good (laughs) enough for me so we're going to do another round or two okay so tell me the side of your hands even though I understand why it happened oh I actually that's projection even though it wasn't about me even though it was likely not about me (laughs) yeah I definitely I may have triggered them I may have triggered them. And that was their response. And that was their response. And it's true that it hurt me. And it's true that it did hurt me. Yeah. I don't believe that it says I'm not, it means I'm not good enough. I don't believe it means I'm not good enough. I love and accept myself. I love and accept myself. So even though I was triggered. So even though I was triggered. I love and accept myself. I love and accept myself. Yeah. Even though I was hurt. Even though I was hurt. Gives me another opportunity. 
gives me another opportunity. To remember that I am good enough. To remember that I am good enough. And doing my best. I'm doing my best. I won't please everybody all of the time. I won't please everybody all of the time. Yeah, I was triggered. I was triggered. Yeah. I deeply and completely. I deeply and completely. Love and accept myself. Love and accept myself. Crown of the head, doing my best. Doing my best. Eyebrow point. Usually can roll with the punches. Usually can roll with the punches. <laughs> Side of the eye. Forgive myself for getting triggered. Forgive myself for getting triggered. Yeah, under the eye. Another opportunity. Under the nose. Some people will judge me. Some people will judge me. And it may hurt. And it may hurt. Stunning. I am good enough. I am good enough. Yeah. Under the arm. I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. <laughs> Liver point. In fact, I'm doing amazing work. <laughs> In fact, I am doing amazing work. Let's do one round. I, I love to do a round of kind of affirmations. So give me a few words that describe how you know how you are in the world. Just go for it. Crown of the head. Give me a few words. How wonderful are you? This is not bragging. This is stating your choice. I am a fiercely strong woman. Yeah, great. Eyebrow points. I am a fiercely strong woman. I am a fiercely strong woman. Yes, I did. What else are you? What qualities do you bring? I, I'm expansive. I expand love. Yeah, I expand love. I expand love. Under the eye. I expand love. Fierce. Fierce. Under the nose. I provide great service. I do provide great service. <laughs> Chin. I provide great service. I provide great service. Sternum. Fierce, expansive love. Fierce, expansive love. Great service. Great service. I am... Enough. I am enough. Sleep. My, I'm hearing my mind's going, I am more than enough. I am more than enough. <laughs> yeah. I am fine exactly as I am. I am fine exactly as I am. Okay. So just invite you once again to put one hand on your belly, one hand on your heart. And dear podcast listener, did you hear how Katie's words were so specific to her? The energy with which the expansive love, just, I didn't write it down, but you just before you said the word fierce, it's like, wow, fierce, expansive love. I added the great service because preparing me for this podcast, I was the recipient of Katie's great service. That she wrote notes, she sent me questions, she really prepared. And I know that Katie does that in every aspect of her life and work. So I just added that in because I knew about that. But tapping a round or two of the positive can really help 
anchor in the nervous system and in the cells, because ultimately we are working with sort of cellular energy, which also of course relates to the spiritual and soul work. We haven't really touched on that, but this is deep healing and deeply connected to source, to love. When we tap, we typically will finish tapping with some of the positive just to anchor that in. So I'm gonna ask one more time for us, I think we've done a 10 minute little um, demonstration here. On a scale of not to 10, what is your level of hurt to do with that trigger today? You know, it's a one. And what's the, what's left is actually, <laughs> you're amazing. I can't believe it. Um, I, you know, what's left is I had a wise woman once tell me that um, even in the craziest, most out there conversation, there's always 10% of truth and to look for the truth. And I, I think that's where the one is coming from, because that is the 10%. And it's, I'm going to think more today about that experience and that struggle and the hurt it caused and how quickly you were able to help me bring that down to a very minimal level. Um, so you've given me a gift of, you know, further reflection on this, um, but also just a tremendous release already. So thank you. I, you know, you're very welcome. And I would, I'm gonna ask you once again, this is for my professional you could call it ego. How much hurt do you feel from that trigger? How much hurt do you, that's what we're measuring. Yeah, just. How much hurt? I mean, it's, it's sub one, it's less than. Yes, it is. Right? I, would, I, I, I would actually yeah. say that actually it's gone, but your 10% is that you're learning. You've, you've just said it so clearly. It's like, what can I learn? And that's an example you've just demonstrated so beautifully of having cleared the emotional and with it, the limiting beliefs, you are then able to take your next step, which you've actually just told us, Mike, I'm going to look at what, what the learning is in this for me, in terms yeah, of- Yeah, and you know, you I, said, I said earlier that I think it had more to do with what they are going through. And I think that really only further fuels my fire to fiercely <laughs> expand love. Right. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. So you have beautifully demonstrated going from an eight to a four to a one, and I suspect really to a zero, and then sort of coming up into action. So that's why I I think of tapping. Not even think of it. I experience tapping as a very practical. It is a therapy. It's a healing. It's a therapy. It's also a tool, so that you can not only clear what is in the way but it helps you move forward beautifully without me even asking you demonstrate it just then about how you're going to use that. Because once you feel clearer, of course, you can then make decisions, whether it's about a relationship, whether it's about your work, um, you know, whether it's about your eating patterns, whether it's about relationship to a bad, I use bad, you know, we try not to use words and good and bad, but maybe a, a self harming behavior that one has got into um, because the only point of doing this sort of work isn't it is is to feel happier to feel healthier um, to be more connected to life and love and each other and for me I feel the reason that I love this work so much is that without doing much more than following this basic pattern of noticing the triggers the clues 
working through questions, tapping, it automatically opens up love. It automatically does. And so for me, once we're more open to love, other people have other words for love, source, God, the divine. I believe this is a spiritual way as well because it, it opens up love. It does. I, I, listeners, you can't see me, but I have a huge smile on my face right now and just feel um, just such an incredible sense of relief just from spending a few moments with you. You are so welcome. You are so welcome. I hope that we've been able to, you know, demonstrate a little bit of some of the words that I was talking about before of using the everyday to clear the stuff that's in the way really of what we all want of connection of of safety of health of of love it all comes down to that really doesn't it so beautiful would you That's mind so sharing just a couple of uh success stories with oh us? yes of course um gosh um well an example of how working with someone over time i work with a gentleman in australia who has um, ADHD and ADD. And I've, I've known him for a long time. And so I know his patterns. But when, um, so I've helped him on a very practical way of helping in his relationship to work, to study, to his bosses, because he tends to re react with frustration and anger, the frustration because things are hard for him. So that's been good. But the thing that I'm happiest about is when his um, his daughter was born, he really couldn't love her. And we did some powerful sessions and he fell in love with her. But also both his children have neurological conditions. And I am helping him not repeat what his parents did with him. It's such a treasure. And also his relationship with his, his parents have... It's, has, has really improved. So I feel, my goodness, that's such a clear example of how I'm, I've helped many families, but that, that would be one. There was also someone um, I, I wanted to, um, very simply, I mentioned that how you can work with someone. Oh yes, I know this is a good one. Like someone had um, audition anxiety, going for an audition. So we, we do a kind of thing where you, you know, look into the future, you look at all the things that might be going past the audition. So there's lots of things you can, you can use it for like that. But I also wanted to mention um, that the way that this, this works, that for myself, I noticed once, oh, just once, quite a few times, truth be told, that I was like eating some chocolates when I didn't really need it or want it. And once I tapped, I realized I was missing my daughter. So the, really so many examples, Katie, but definitely families becoming, you know, relationships become, people making more money because they lose their fear of visibility. Um, always the same pattern though, clear what's in the way to release the creativity and the energy for what, 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 what they want, yeah. That's beautiful. And, and I do want to share with listeners that a couple of the things you've helped me through, um, one neurological itch 
you know, they say there's nothing really that can be done for that. And trust me, I've tried every over-the-counter product <laughs> and, and nothing really, there are a few things that help, but, but nothing really was getting rid of that for me. And doing some sessions with you, it's pretty much gone. There's um, occasionally, especially when I'm really stressed or anxious, where something happens, but by then lowering my anxiety, I find that it, it goes away. And, you know, listeners do know, I've talked about my anxiety before. And I, another habit that you helped me with immensely was um, chewing on my cheek when I'm nervous. Yeah. And um, boy, within two weeks, you it wasn't happening at all. And I have noticed that it does pop back up. So it's something I need to be very vigilant and aware of. Um, but I think that if, if someone's listening who has a physical or emotional symptom, like anything really bothering yeah. you, you know, you can choose to continue living with it, or you could consider exploring this therapy to really release that and work through it once and for all. And I yeah, think and I, yeah. So I just wanted to add that in the way that I look at this, Katie, um, dear listener, is that never to blame yourself. This therapy is never going to say you shouldn't be doing that. Like, how can you not do that? What are the causes, the anxiety, the stress? Because, you know, chewing one's cheek or might be the perfect reaction to the anxiety. You know, it's like things are always serving us in some way. So the way that I approach anything like this is always very kindly. It's always very gently. It's always assuming the best of our bodies, even when, they're not like feels like they're not being our friends um and i typically i actually can't remember i mean okay, i wouldn't reveal it even if i did but i don't believe we didn't it wasn't about we didn't tap on chewing did we there was some there was some other thing that we tapped on and yet the behavior changes yes so it's it's, it's a fun technique like that it's yeah. And it and it's beautiful. And honestly, some of those habits or experiences were really kind of overshadowing a lot of oh. the really good things in my life. You know, they were kind of taking over because they were happening so frequently. And I think just anything we can do to calm our central oh, nervous system. Totally. Totally. And I would never say, although you can get you know, you can clear phobias and things in one session, but typically the way that I work is, is the patterns are deep rooted. The behaviors are constant, you know, whether it's a relationship thing or a physical symptom like chewing the cheek. So really it's about becoming curious in this journey we have about being in relationship to ourselves and the world because of course this all is all about how we are with other people and ultimately it's probably more useful for the, for the world like we're not sort of angry nasty <laughs> envious I mean I include myself in that um so tapping can be used I just want to say this thing again it's an excellent self-help tool there are ways of tapping without ever working with a practitioner where you can work very simply, very cleanly, a bit like the work I just did with Katie on a specific thing. You can also use it as a deeper therapy. So it's it's got both those, it's user-friendly. It's a tool you can put in your pockets. It's a tool, there's umpteen 
I was going to say there's upteen videos on YouTube. A lot of them I wouldn't necessarily. <laughs> um, and I don't have a very extensive YouTube channel, but Brad Yates is someone I would trust to, to follow. He, but, um, oh, I just want to say one thing before we finish, Katie. Typically tapping videos that you'll find on YouTube, even ones from myself, will give you words that are already made up. The absolute gold standard for tapping is to use your own words. So I would suggest if anybody does do it, go into tapping that way, to, to listen to the way that the practitioner is working, but then find your own way. And those ways are simple. Once you know the points and they're easily look, lookable, upable, um, you ask yourself three questions. What am I feeling? That's the emotion. What am I thinking? Those are the thoughts. What is the sensation in my body? And any one of those ways in, the way that I went in with Katie just now was, how did you feel about it? She talked quite a lot around it, but the word that I heard was hurt. That was the way in. What was that telling you about yourself? So very, very simple. I have written a book which explains this kind of self-help tool aspect of tapping. No, Kate is going to give you the link. There are many other books, but my book is particularly good. <laughs> of course. It's, it's very much about tapping on your own, you know, because I believe that passionately, that, that a free technique is helpful. Um, and... Oh, I also, oh, I wanted to say that if any of you are interested, I do offer a free 30 minute time to chat. Kate is going to give you the link. So we unlikely do much clearing work, but we'll talk about how tapping could help you. We might do a little bit of tapping. I just want to say it's not actually a session. It's not long enough, um, but more than welcome. I like to call it a time to chat, time to talk. Um, Katie will give you that link and see if that's something that might help you. But there is a lot of help out there. I do have my own website. Katie will give you that. Of course, you can work with me. Many other brilliant practitioners out there. But most of all, I would encourage you to explore it as just on your, you know, at home, just to, to try it, like wiping the crumbs up off your countertop. Brilliant. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you think we've left out that you want to share? I think we've, we've, well, have I got another three hours? <laughs> I think no. we'll do part two, part two. No, after, I, I, uh... I, I think we've covered a lot. I hope, I hope that um, listeners have got a sense of how tapping can help them. Yeah, I think I think so. And I, I from me personally, I cannot thank you enough one for being here and willing to share your brilliance with the world. Um, and, you know, two for helping me today. I oh, was so a dreary, a dreary place this morning. And I, you know, I know that that's an emotional emotion that is normal to feel in life. Uh, but it certainly is wonderful when you can move out of it quickly. And you helped me do that today. And I'm, I'm forever grateful. Thank you. You're very, you're very welcome. And thank you for having me as a guest on your wonderful podcast. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed listening to Claire share about tapping and how we can use this powerful technique to help us in so many different ways. I'll post her contact information, book, and website links on our Patreon site. I'll also post a diagram of the tapping points.
For other listeners, you can find her on her website, tapintoyourpower.uk, or you can reach out to her via email at Claire, C-L-A-I-R-E, Hayes, H-A-Y-E-S, 22, at yahoo.co.uk. You can contact Claire for a free 30-minute time to talk. You can also find her book, Everyday Happiness, EFT, Tapping for Self-Transformation That Really Works, on Amazon as well. My hope is that after listening to this episode, we all, one, understand the basics of how EFT, or tapping, can help us with any sort of struggle we are experiencing, whether it be with physical or emotional pain, relationships, trauma, blockage or feeling stuck, or trying to stop a destructive habit or pattern of thinking. Two, that we know we have a trusted and safe resource in Claire as someone that can help us learn to use tapping to rewrite pathways in our brain to yield optimal healing and happiness. And three, that we leave this episode contemplating ways that we can all live more loudly and honor those in our lives who are no longer physically with us yet continue to guide and influence us through our shared memories. May the totems we put into place to honor them continue to speak loudly to us and guide us to a place of contentment through the perseverance of our deep love, respect, and gratitude for one another. The next flock meeting will be Saturday, May 1st. At the flock meeting, we'll discuss this episode and other episodes released later this month. And we'll spend some time together virtually supporting one another as we all strive to live well with MS. If you're not a flock member yet but would like to be, join us. We meet via Zoom the first Saturday of each month and sometimes when a special podcast guest is able to meet with us. You can learn more and join us by visiting www.patreon.com slash msflock. As always, I encourage all listeners to reach out with questions, comments, future podcast topics, or guest ideas via email to mymsflock at gmail.com. And lastly, remember, as we travel through life with MS, we're certain to hit some turbulence. We'll get through it, especially if we're flying together, supporting one another. Thank you for listening, and until next time, be well.